0: Hi everyone and welcome to the Happy Podcast, Healthcare and Pharmaceutical Insights. Series 2 is all about a day in the life of. I'm looking forward to spending time with a variety of different people in the healthcare and pharmaceutical industry discussing what it is that they do on a daily basis. So sit back, relax and enjoy. back everyone to another session of Happy. I'm really delighted that you've taken the time to join us and we're going slightly off piece today in this uh, particular episode we've had a a, a series recently on a day in the life of and i'm really pleased that we're taking a slightly different angle today and and welcome mark jones Um, and before we go into what the the subject title is um, i'm going to give the guys an opportunity to uh, introduce themselves my main objective will be to control these two guys today because um, they are both um, good fun guys to be uh, listening to and talking to and have a lot to share that will help us help us all um as we listen to this episode so um i'm going to come to you ian first you want to give us a, a quick introduction a little bit about your story and then mark you can you can do the same so welcome to you both ian i'll i'll leave it with you to give us an introduction
1: thank you colin and uh, welcome everyone. Um, Yeah, just, where do I start? 30 years ago, almost 30 years ago when I joined the industry. um, uh, Like many people, started as a rookie rep uh, on a contract with Bristol-Myers Squibb back in the early 1990s uh, and left BMS almost 20 years later as a second line manager. So, lots of experience there, lots of different things that I did and achieved there through my time at Bristol-Myers Squibb. Uh, Then moved to AstraZeneca, enjoyed my time there as well uh, in a similar role. Um, And my passion for the success of individuals, teams, organizations, brands led me to when it actually was something that I always wanted to do was to to look to move to the other side of the fence, so to speak, and work with a broader range of companies. So for the last six and a half years now, um, I've been an independent uh, consultant working with a number of different companies in the pharma and life science area uh, with a number of different things. in-call performance related, key account management, selling skills, uh, line manager development, coaching skills, et cetera, et cetera, all things Salesforce effectiveness. And as I say, that's that's where my passion has always uh, been. uh, And I love continuing to do that to this day. Good. Thank you. Over to you, Mark.
2: Yeah, early 1990s, Ian. So you you and I started at the same time. So I've got to ask you this. Do you have have some hair in the early 1990s? And would anybody Uh, recognize you in this day and age?
1: I had a full head of hair when I
2: joined the industry, Mark, yes. (laughs) Did you? you? Yeah. So I'm not sure it's because you've been working with me over the past few years or whether um, both (laughs) of us have been working together. Because, again, in the early 90s,
1: I had a full set as well. <laughs> it was already on its way out when I met you, Mark. So uh, now, maybe we should maybe get, we should that, get
0: some pictures of um, before and you know before and, and, and after type thing when we put this uh, episode out, just to show you what you guys you still like. I don't know. We'll, well leave was, that. With a, say, well, maybe. I was hoping
2: Colin, uh, with with the advent of technology, you might be able to give us like a comb over <laughs> or could, something. As good
0: AI is brilliant now, AI is fantastic. We can <laughs> do all of that now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, like Ian, I started in the early '90s as well. Um, and it was really interesting, I suppose. And, and it's something which has brought me all the way through, because when I left the university, I left with a degree in construction, which uh, I had no idea why I went into the pharmaceutical industry. But my ultimate belief at that exact point in time was I wanted to do something which um, helped people. Now, well, that was a very naive belief at the age of 21, um, but it did drive me into the industry and uh, you know with a typical career of you know carrying the bag as a rep uh, being a you know first line sales manager national sales manager uh coaching training i even had a go at marketing i wasn't particularly good at that but uh, i did have i had a go at it uh, learned the lingo etc but i, th- I st- even to this day that naive thought of when i was 21 about seeing a difference helping others, making changes. That's what keeps me going. And, and like Ian for the past 17, 18 years now, I've run a separate consultancy, uh, again, which is specialised in pharma. How about the opportunity to work with um, FMCG, uh, you know, Heineken, Kellogg's the name, but a few, and, and some finance institutes as well, just to get sort of a broader range of experience. and. Believe it or believe it not, the, the, the challenges of those industries are that's still exactly the same as the challenge in, in our industry as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's been an amazing, an amazing time. Wouldn't swap it for anything, learned a lot. And I think, you know, it, it gave us the perfect opportunity, Ian and I, uh, on some separate projects to work together, mm-hmm. but then obviously more easily to come together under the banner of Future CX.
0: Good. Excellent. I mean, you're you're both. Well known within pharma, and names that are, that are, are very familiar. So I, I am genuinely excited about this conversation because I, I think there'll be a, a number of people will uh, engage in this and hopefully reach out to you for maybe expand on what you're going to share with us today yeah. as well. So um really pleased that you've you've taken the time to to come on to the to the podcast. So we're going to cover. A subject title which um, predominantly has been something that, that you both, uh, with myself, have thought, right, this would be a, a good area to go down, a good discussion area to to look at. So the, the subject or the title that we're going to look at today is, is what got you to here will not be sufficient to get you to where you need to be. And um, I thought it was a very, very clever title and obviously something that means a lot to you both and we're going to look at like four or five different areas within our discussion just now um, which uh, Mark and Ian are both going to to respond to on that particular that particular title but before we do that the first um, kind of point or question um, so you both have very successful training companies which people within pharma space know and you've both shared there just now so why did you see the need to to set up future CX? I don't know who wants to go first, but we'll maybe, we'll maybe go back to to Ian um, since you've been waiting patiently there. So why, why did you see the the, the, the need
1: yeah? I mean, it's a great it's a great question, Colin. And I think you know Mark and I had already done some work together through our respective consultancies, so we were working quite close on a number of projects. And one of the things that struck us, particularly when Covid first hit, was that there needed to be a radical change in the way that, as an industry, um, we sought to engage our customers. And that's obvious. Everybody knows that. I mean, we're on on a virtual call today. I don't think many people have done a virtual call in this way before Covid hit. So the, the technology, et cetera, has accelerated and people were having to learn how to deal with it to get the most from it. And a lot of the work that Mark and I were doing separately and together initially during COVID was around how we're gonna engage customers in this new world, whether it be soft skills, um, or whatever it was, but it, we, we needed to change and people recognized the need to change. But what rapidly became clear to Mark and I was that, you know, skills really important and we needed to learn some new skills. We did as consultants, as well as our clients, the industry needed to learn them, Um, and there were needed to be new tools beyond the actual technology itself, but other tools that needed to be developed by our clients to continue to engage customers beyond the norm. But what struck us there was that those alone weren't going to get us to where we needed to be, hence the title of the the conversation today. Mm -hmm. And it rapidly, again, you keep using the word rapidly, became clear to Mark and I that something drastic needed to happen, and we didn't ultimately, we didn't know what that was when we first set out, we just knew that something needed to change. And that's where we started out with our research. So I don't know, mark if you want to pick up from there.
2: Yeah, I suppose the only other thing to add to that, you know, it was a little bit of like, what are we what are we doing now? What do we need to do now? But also, let's not just think about now, how are we going to pull that through into the future as well? How are we going to uh, ensure that customer facing teams, be the commercial, medical or even marketeers who go out and see customers or or, or even the leaders, how uh, th- how will they need to behave now for success and into the future for success as well. And I think initially, and it was that future piece that drove us to delve into the research to, to actually try and find out, well, wh- what is the answer to that question? Because, mm-hmm. yes. because of COVID, I think we found a lot of organisations found themselves obviously in a situation which we have never been in before, therefore it was a massive fire to put out. You know, mm-hmm. Deal with it now, let's deal with it here. And what mm-hmm. we're trying to think is well, great, but what's going to be out of that? What are we going to do when we come out of that? Mm-hmm. That was the only thing to add.
0: Did you find, um, before we move on to the next point, but certainly you've, you've talked, you've touched on, on COVID there and um did you find that companies, whether it be in the pharma space or the healthcare space, they did take quite a while to really enhance technology, enhance new ideas, perhaps because they were slightly anxious about what the future held really for them as well? Um did, did you did you get that kind of feeling when you were we were starting to come out the, the other the other side of COVID?
1: Yeah, definitely. A lot of customers ask us what everybody else was doing. So which hmm. normally you don't hear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think yeah. there was a, a high level of uncertainty in people trying to quite rightly learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know, we noticed one or two companies were being particularly bold in their decisions and were seeking to find that pathway to that future state that Mark's just touched on. Um, but it rapidly became clear that you know a lot of companies were just seeking to survive i don't mean as in in terms of the business to survive but how do we get through this period of time rather than how do we thrive through this period and into the future and that's Mm -hmm. where we sort of start started out was okay it's one thing to survive but how can you make the best of this how can you come out of this stronger Mm -hmm. and that's in essence where the company was born in that in that quest sorry
2: yeah no sorry no no Yeah. no but i think that's I think, you know, I, it's funny, you know, I'm just reflecting back now on, on where it all started. And I'm just thinking, actually, as a business owner, myself and yourself, you know, we, we faced similar challenges uh, as we've run our businesses over the past few years. You know, uh, sometimes a little bit of feast and famine. Sometimes the contract just drops, COVID hits. And, and again, I suppose it's that mentality that we had and many other great entrepreneurs and business owners as well. How do you keep going in the face of adversity as an entrepreneur? You know, what do you actually, what are the behaviors? What are the mindsets that you've got as an, as an entrepreneur? Of course, we're talking outside of a farmer in the industry here, Mm -hmm. but surely those behaviors that drive us to look for success in any opportunity, uh, positive or negative could we are those the types of behaviors and mindsets that we could start building within our own industry i, yeah. I think well, that's a, a, a little thought process that yeah. i know i certainly went through
0: yeah yeah i, I think the, the word that i was we were trying to get across to you know to our clients on, on uh the recruitment side was we, you need to and use the new ideas and new ways to enhance what you already have you know just mm-hmm. to to try and, and and not not be wary of it not be wary of new ideas and new ways of doing things and and introducing people like yourself you know uh, from an external perspective because we're there to enhance what 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 we already have the reputation you have the products you have the people you have the technology you have um, as well, but sometimes the, 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 there's a bit of a kind of reluctance or nervousness yeah, it about, yeah. nervous about doing it, isn't yeah. it? it.
1: It was interesting, Colin, because you know Mark touched on on the the, the 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 word entrepreneur. So we we did lots of research. We set out by okay, what what are the thought leadership you know articles that are and and I think particularly around McKinsey were prolific in the early stages of of COVID, churning out umpteen articles each week, each month around what the future looked like. And and this entrepreneurial approach became really, really clear very, very quickly for us. So but the challenge was nobody'd really find so as I say, McKinsey in particular were brilliant in some of the stuff that they were churning out. But actually no one publication, no one place could you find the route map to what that success would look like. Mm-hmm. Each was, you know, had different ideas. And, and the work that we did over quite an extended period of time initially was to can we find can we find the sweet spot from all this work that everybody's doing not only in pharma but in other sectors as well mm-hmm. and piece together what could be that route map into that future state that everybody is looking to find yeah and that's where we believe we be we landed with the behaviours that we identified yeah uh,
0: so yeah.
1: good yeah
0: good okay. Let's move on. Um to the kind of second point that, that, that we, we want to try and cover together and get get your thoughts on. And this is round um round about what you think organizations need to do, um, because they can't do everything. And I think it's a it's a really, you know, clever way of of, of wording that. I'm not taking any credit for the wording of that, that question um in any way, shape, or form. Um but I do think it's it's a really clever way because they can, you know, and, and we are in a similar position to yourselves we were you're trying to support from an external perspective so um let, let's cover cover off that point together and let, let's let's get your thoughts on that so what what do you think orga- organizations need to do because they can't they can't do everything
2: so i think look, you know our Farmer as an organization is massive, as we well know. You know, everything from uh, you know customer-facing teams, RD, operations, uh, project management office, all you know, all those. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a beast. We we know most farmer organizations are beasts. You know, and our, I suppose our speciality over the years, uh, and, and of course still is, you know, is is that customer facing piece, how do we make that the best it can ultimately be both now and again, as we said, into the future? And of course, when we talk customer facing, be really clear, you know, commercial or medical in this situation. And I think, you know, if we were to probably reflect back on the past couple of years and, and and prior to that, you know, we could probably name the, the, the elements of where we've placed our focus. Account management. Uh, selling skills uh, uh, medical sort of excellence uh, frameworks engagement frameworks those types of mm-hmm. things uh, capability frameworks uh, we've probably placed our focus in using organizations to um you know measure whether we're implementing brands uh, brand strategy or not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it it continues every year Colin where, mm-hmm. uh, Every year is almost the same, and again <laughs> keeps on coming back to the title of the podcast. What got you here won't get you there. We've done mm-hmm. the research; we know the fourteen key behaviours that people will need to be successful now and into the future. So, you know, all critical, all critical, and, and we continue to do, you know, uh, you know, focus on some of these skills which are critical. But unless you've got the behaviours which sit behind those criticals, yeah,
0: absolutely, you're yeah.
2: going to have what you've got uh, just be a year later. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I'm going to start with, Ian. I don't know whether that's an answer or not, but uh, it's a little, little being in my bonnet. No, that's good.
1: I, that's good. I think one of the, one of the things to, to get to build on that is that you know, if 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 a pharma company business unit whatever has has a plan for the, the future of their customer or commercial excellence, their customer engagement, however you want to define it, is be really honest with yourself. Is it is it different? Is it bold? Is it challenging? Is it entrepreneurial? Or to Mark's point, is it basically rinse and repeat what we've done before? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. the content might be a little bit different, but we're basically going to do, as Mark said, the same thing again. And one of the things that I would suggest is we need to simplify not complicate the way forward. And one of the things where Mark and I set up Future CX, one of our core principles is that we we simplify everything as much as we can, because the simpler things are. And there's lots of research around this too, shows that the simpler things are the much more likely they are to be implemented and implemented well. So I think, you know, the the first challenge for anybody from Pharma that's watching or listening to this is, you know, is your plan going to get is it different? Is it bold? Is it entrepreneurial? if it isn't it's probably not going to get you to where you need to be and is what you're looking to do have you have you truly identified the things that are going to make the biggest difference and focus with a simple effective plan to make a difference with those things mm-hmm. and again if not then go back and have a look at it is what i would say and that's what we're we're trying to encourage our clients to do
0: what kind of response do you get when you um when you you kind of ask that question because I, I, I i'm 100 on board with you in terms of you know what uh, are you being bold are you being different are you thinking you know out the box so to speak um for that phrase but what what kind of response do you get from from people when you when you put that challenge to them
2: i'm going to chip in first in if i may because what what okay. does always make me smile <coughs> is that when we set up future cx obviously as we would do with any business you do your plan you you do your market research and, and you, you get all your uh, market research, uh, gatherings together, etc., And we did the market research on uh, the word entrepreneurial within mm-hmm. the industry. And I have to say, I was absolutely amazed at almost the resistance for that word. Mm, okay. Okay. And people say, well, you can't say that, you know, because entrepreneurial means you're always going to be risky and, you know, uh, you're always going to push boundaries. You know, and we have lots of compliance and regulations and medical and I'm I'm sat there. I'm thinking, I know all that. I've been in the industry for thirty two years. I I know the the barriers we fit in, and FMCG has the same barriers. Finance mm-hmm. has the same barriers. Some grey areas, but you know the the same barriers. But we spent an hour debating the word entrepreneurial. But ultimately, entrepreneurial just means really simple things like you know makes decisions for themselves can prioritize uh, is resilient in the face of um, you know challenge um you know is maybe obsessed by outcomes and 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 gathering people to perhaps achieve the things that they didn't believe they could achieve because they've not mm-hmm. got the resources but they're willing to bring those resources together mm-hmm. so in my mind the simplicity of that is the word entrepreneurial just brings that together and it I always ask myself the same question. As a leader, would I want people in my team to be entrepreneurial with that definition that, that I've just given? And of course, the answer would be yes. Of course, I would, as probably everyone in this podcast would be listening to. And, and if they are listening and they're nodding, then entrepreneurial is the right word. And it doesn't mean going back to improving your closing skills or writing a solid objective or you know uh, being inspirational front of the community. Custom, they're all really important but if we've got the right behaviors which i just defined before mm-hmm. people will automatically do that and i think one of the, sorry and i'm on a soapbox here now and i've gone for it i'm off i'm going <laughs> I'm for it i mean because look colin at the moment what's the biggest word we, we often hear at the moment and i'm play pick up on this one omni-channel wherever i go omni-channel this omni-channel that oh, Ian, what did we hear in Barcelona? I thought that was a brilliant uh, presentation in Barcelona.
1: Yeah, on the channel isn't a destination, it's part of the journey. Yeah, and that that came from, I'll give him a name check because he was brilliant, Andrew Vins from AstraZeneca. Um, It was a, you know, we picked that up from him and we thought it it was a a great way of looking at things. Um, And I know Andrew mind does quoting what he said is that, you know, unless Farmer can get their heads around that, then nothing's going to change. 100%. Yep. and and it's yep. it's a beautiful link actually. Obviously, we were in Barcelona for the Reuters event in April, and we attended um, a lot of the sessions, and there were some brilliant speakers, you know, some amazing speakers, and it was a great learning experience for us. But great. the one thing that struck us both independently, split, we split, we're in different sessions, is the number of speakers that acknowledged that something different needed to happen with our people to get to where we needed to get to. Mm-hmm. And then they went on to present their skills focus or their new tool, or they, and there was lots around AI, which was brilliant and some really good stuff. But no one really tackled the shift that we need the behavioral shift that we need in our people to make those tools, that AI and the skills, therefore, work to their optimal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it was a really good few days that we were there um, interacting with people to hear that a lot of people were on the same wavelength to come back to your question what do we often hear people often hear that that something different needs to happen but they're too immersed in dealing with the stuff that they've done traditionally right now to prove that they're doing something about that to lift their head above the parapet and say we need to stop and we need to think and we need to do something differently Mm -hmm. yeah
0: Yeah. are you starting to see any of that i mean are, are you obviously without um referring this seems specifically to, to to names and companies and people and all that kind of stuff. But are, are, or is it too is it too early at the moment to to see that or, or, or are you starting to see people taking pretty bold you know decisions or um plans or or change of direction?
1: There, there are there are some yes, but there it's still in the minority. Colin. Right. Okay. And I think yeah. you know there are some organisations that are ahead of the game with their mm-hmm. plans around this. And there are some individuals within organizations that are ahead of the game and really understand that they need to do something different with this. But as you can imagine, trying to get effect that change at, at, within any farmer organization is not easy mm-hmm. because customer engagement, customer effectiveness and commercial success doesn't just sit with the customer facing teams. It yeah. runs right yeah. through the organization. So you're Mm -hmm. trying to elicit or trying to drive and support a behavioural change through an entire Mm organisation, not just a proportion of people that actually interface with the customers. Yeah. So, so yes, people are getting it, um, but it's taking time.
0: Yeah. So, so that that actually does go on to our next point that we're going to cover some of the challenges and opportunities that you've identified with your clients so far you're beginning to touch on that at at the moment do you want want to unpack that a little bit more and and give us a little bit more definition behind that some of the challenges and opportunities that you've you've experienced
1: mark do you want to pick that up yeah i
2: can do so i think you know the, the way we've got sort of so we use so we use a, um, a system which we've designed and developed called e3 which is the entrepreneurial edge evaluation and this looks at three key domains uh, around you know uh, customer fascination, outcomes obsession and infinite mindset. those are sort of the three domains and then under that each one of those sits a collection of very specific behaviors. so we're able to really, have simple and total clarity of focus, back to your point, Colin, of where organisations should start to place their efforts to shift behaviours in order to move on that journey from success now and into the future. And I would say, and if uh, if that gives an overview, I would say something like um, probably inspirational communicator, Jumps out as one area of key focus, which sort of comes across the industry and maybe also sort of clarity of purpose as well. Ian, yeah, you in on this one, Colin. I'm gonna have to over to hand over to our data. I don't, I don't want to call him a data junkie, I think, here, so I'm gonna hand over to him because he knows the ins and outs because he always laughs at me because I don't.
1: I'm the one that does the detail, Colin. So yeah, so two of the 14 behaviours Mark's just touched on there. So the one that we consistently see opportunities with, probably the biggest opportunities with most organisations. So we look at individuals, teams, organisational level uh, analysis that we do. But for most organisations, the single biggest opportunity often is, is inspirational communication. Now, okay. it is what it sounds like. You know, it, it's how do we change the way that we communicate both internally and externally, to move people to get them to a better place. So, one of the classic things that we see, you know, one of the classic things that gets in the way of that is the way that organizations ask their people to communicate with their customers. When so we think about external communication with our customer base, quite often we ask them and um, encourage them to communicate in a certain way. So, we may be very brand focused or brand led. And we still see that quite often, uh, even in 2023, whereby what we should be starting with is the customer and patient need and then lead ultimately to the brand. It sounds obvious, but you would be surprised how often we see that with the other way around. So, you know, you know, my name's Ian from Company X and I'm here to tell you all about the benefits of brand and um, That is still something that our customers, our external customers are hearing an awful lot. So until we can change the way that we understand the customer's world the patient's world build enhanced insight and then think about how you're going to use that insight to take the customer on a journey will never start to shift will never start to be more inspirational with our communication so that's the first one and then the clarity of purpose piece and again there's lots of people won't need us to, to to go into this in too much detail loads of research to show that if an individual employee has a heightened sense of their own purpose, why they do the job that they do. And there is alignment within the team, within the organization. Then mm-hmm. that's where the magic starts. That's where you start to get people operating at even higher levels. Mm-hmm. So helping individuals and, and 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 teams to understand their purpose and that alignment with what they do is a huge opportunity to drive and inspire performance. Mm-hmm. So they're just a couple of things that we see. Yeah and often people don't know how to change that and the things that they measure and drive people to deliver on a day-to-day basis conflict with the behaviors that we want people to exhibit
0: i think that communication piece is really important now because we've got so many different tools that we can communicate with people you know around you know whether it be what we're on just now whether it be you know the the old-fashioned phone um, whether it be email, etc., but that you're absolutely right. I mean, taking time and having that quality, as you call it, uh, inspirational um, uh, communication piece is is really key. Um, and uh, as opposed to just that kind of blanket kind of mentality, uh, that that's the way I've been told to do it. So that's the way I, that that, that I'm, I'm going to do it. Still get the key messages across that you've been asked to get across from your marketing team or or whatever. Um, but the the, the way in which we communicate with each other now is just, it's it's changing all the time, you know, isn't it? It's changing all the time,
2: all the time. Yeah. Well, it is. And I think, you know, back to, uh, you know, I was on my uh, soapbox about Omnichannel before. Um, If the team don't believe that Omnichannel will help them with the business, then there's very little chance it'll be a successful rollout or implementation in any organisation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, what one, one of the other behaviours is embraces technology, you know, and, is, you know, just build on your point, it's not about have you got the latest iPhone? Or do you enjoy the latest iPhone? It's can you see there's a need to use technology to drive your business forwards as a mm-hmm. business owner? Mm-hmm. Again, we do see low scores in that as well. So again, from an organizational perspective, you know, you can zoom in on that, do something about that. And a bigger effect, a bigger impact on that then would be people embracing technology, using it to drive their business, understanding what needs to happen. And omnichannel just becomes a word. It's about the behavior and the
1: understanding of what you're there
2: and, and mm-hmm. can achieve with, with, with technology.
0: Good.
1: So Colin, there's one, one last thing I just want to say yeah, on this section in terms of, so I, I think actually quite often organizations understand that they need to change. We've already said that we, we, we hear this a lot, but it's the, the understanding what to do. We completed a, a the first part of a project quite recently with um, quite a sizable um, group of people actually in the, in the UK. And we the insight that we gave them as a result of the E3 evaluation. Mark mentioned the the evaluation that we do around those 14 behaviours. was really, really interesting. And we had a conversation with the head of learning and development after we presented the initial results back. And he thanked us because, and I don't think these were the exact words that he used, but effectively, what we've done is we've given him the key to unlock the capability that he'd been trying to drive for the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Martin knows a like an, an analogy. Quite often, we know what is behind the door, but we just can't unlock the door to get in to do something about what we need, what we want to get hold of behind the door. Yeah. And I think yeah. what, what we've been able to do with clients is to, to, to give them the key to the to the important doors, then mm-hmm. to unlock that opportunity that maybe they've spent the last 12, 12 months, two years thinking... How are we going to do this? How can we really make this work for us? Mm-hmm. And that behaviour, that mindset and behaviour focus, is a different dimension, a different way to look at how you do that, and it absolutely is an enabler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I yeah. think you know, the more we can embrace that and think about that, then the more we're going to shift some of those barriers that organisations are seeing at the moment on yeah. that journey to the future. Yeah.
0: Good. Yeah. And and again that 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 kind of moves us on to where we're going on to a couple more points and just as a uh, just a reminder what we're covering here is 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 what got us to where we are just now won't necessarily get us where we need to where we need to be and just beginning to to kind of draw this conversation to a conclusion, a conclusion let, let's hear from you in terms of. Um, ultimately, how you have managed to help some clients. So you've just again, you've just touched on it there. And Ian, as as, as we're getting into as we're into that. Um, so, is there any specific examples, practical examples you can see? Yeah, we've managed to do to do this in terms of helping clients change. Go so on, I man.
1: Yeah, so I, I'll I'll just kick us
2: off in. So I think you know for us it's about you know, three steps: evaluating developing and embedding you know because obviously you want sustainability which is the long-term piece of course mm-hmm. so the evaluation for these three you know brilliant identifies clearly and very specifically what I need to do as an individual to be stronger but also what are my strengths and how can I build on those as well so I think that's really important from an organisational perspective, where now can we place our focus and effort? So keeping things clear, specific uh, with some really simple recommendations. And again, based on how many years of knowledge now in 60 years of knowledge in the industry, knowing what things work, what things don't, and that's what gives us the opportunity to provide some recommendations. And and Ian, I know I've given a bit of more of an overview there. So maybe a bit more of a case study would would help.
1: Yeah, I mean, just to pick up on inspirational communicator is the obvious one, because it's the one that we see is the the biggest opportunity for a lot of Mm -hmm. our clients is where so there's two ways that we can help. One is we have um, what we call the E3 Academy. So we have some curated content online um, and our clients can access. So if an individual has a specific development need, they get access to our curated content. So that's articles, podcasts, videos, etc. That aren't just drawn from pharma and life sciences; they're drawn from a whole uh, array of different backgrounds, different seg- sectors, to really help to catalyse how people think about their development. And there's some assets that we provide alongside that to help drive that that sort of that growth. So mm-hmm. people can actually pick up the mantle with their own development from day one rather mm-hmm. than, again, no disrespect to our colleagues in L&D, we're the same. If someone gives you a challenge, it can often take you a good few weeks to come up with a solution to roll it out. Mm-hmm. You can't. With this, you can go from day one. This is what I need to do. And I can access that information, those mm-hmm. resources straight away. I can make a difference straight away. So that's the first thing. But we can also um, support things on a broader level through you know workshops, etc. And if we don't have the expertise specifically to support on some of those things, we have a network of people that can help. Mm -hmm. So there's a more hands on approach that is available as well. But thinking about inspirational communication, you know, there's some stuff that we've done around that, which is really helping, I would say, key account managers, medics, market access people in some of the, the, the teams that we've worked with and their managers to really think through it. Do I have the insight that I need? And having generated that insight, do I have the capability and the mindset to then think about how I'm going to use that? Mm-hmm. So we've seen some real shifts in the way that people are approaching their customers and managers are supporting that through their activities, through their coaching, etc. but also working with marketing teams, medical affairs teams to ensure that the assets that are being provided to support those customer facing conversations Are aligned with the direction of travel that we want to go in. So I'm not going to go into any real specific examples. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. Yeah. But but you can see how we're sort of building that to Mark's point, that sustainable change in behavior that may not otherwise be achieved around some very, very clear identified needs. Yeah. And back to what we said earlier on, we keep it as simple as we possibly can. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because when when you said that, it's it's keeping it keeping it as simple as you possibly can, almost in some ways, kind of um bringing it back to bring it back to basics if if you know what I mean. And yeah. and really expanding and enhancing that from there as well. So yeah. um so good, excellent. And then just yeah. to kind of bring this to, to our conclusion, um so what what's next for you both in the business? Let let's hear a little bit about What's happening um, within Future CX and and, and the business?
2: Should I take that one
1: in? Go on, go for it, Mark. Um,
2: so I think, like any customer-facing person would do, and I, and I am exactly one of those. We've got to keep our customer at the uh, you know the forefront of the focus. So I think one of the things we're definitely aiming for in the business is uh, building a sort of a customer port where the individual owner of the project uh, around building the right mindset and behaviors could have easy access to a lot of the information that we've been talking about just keeps things nice and simple so we've had a lot of feedback on that So that's definitely something we're going to be focusing on uh version 2.1 of the evaluation uh we're building towards that for an early launch next year again based on some feedback that we've had from uh, our, our clients and customers, and, and some of the users. So, again, trying to keep everything uh, customer focused. Um, and I, I can't, I, I, he's not on this call, but our CTO, uh, Cliff ages as well, he is an absolute demon when it comes to artificial intelligence. So, although we have some artificial intelligence sitting behind a lot of the things we do at the moment, I know it's a hot topic in his mind. So, he would shoot me if I didn't say, a a, a big chunk of our focus is going to be on how do we uh, create some of the recommendations, but based on all uh, the evidence and the data that we're gathering, can we be more, even more accurate and even more simpler than we have been? So those are probably Mm -hmm. our three big chunks of things we're going to be doing over the next probably six months or so.
0: Good. Good. Excellent. Uh, You want to add anything to that, Ian?
1: Just just continuing to challenge the behaviors that we that we identified through the research. So the research hasn't stopped. So, you know, as an entrepreneur, continuous improvement, always looking to the future to test if if what we're doing is still the right thing. So Mark talks there about how we deliver what we deliver and the plans we have around that. They're very, very clear. But we're also still continuing to challenge are are the behaviors that we've identified still fit for purpose? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, if, if new behaviors emerge, the ones we need we have need to change then we're absolutely up for that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah.
2: so that's the that's the piece here, isn't it? You know, we know, we know it's probably the royal we us, and everyone else listening to this podcast, you know, if you've got the right mindset, you should get the right behaviours, you should get the right level of performance that you're after, Uh, and it's just that 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 mindset we need from the research we've done, that mindset just happens to be called entrepreneurialism. And, you know, if we can evaluate, develop and embed that in our individuals, teams and organisations, the industry as an organisation, we're going to be in a stronger place. And as an industry, we're going to be in a stronger place as well. And, and ultimately, with a patient at the end of it.
1: It, it, it's almost full circle. When I when I started in the industry back in the 90s, I remember one of the things that we were encouraged to do was to act like an owner. And what Mm. we're suggesting with this entrepreneurial mindset and behaviors is no different. What the difference now is we have a clear blueprint, not Mm -hmm. easy to say, a clear blueprint (laughs) of the behaviors that you need to a be aware of within yourself and then prioritize to develop, to be able to act like an owner. So this Mm -hmm. territory, this region, whatever your job, what would I do if this was my own business and how would I go about a you know, creating opportunities and be then obviously acting upon them and making them work for me and my business mm-hmm. uh, and my customers, of course. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of stuff. I think back to the nineties, some things haven't changed, but mm-hmm. a lot has changed and how we get there now is becoming a lot clearer, certainly from our perspective. So that's what I would, I would add.
0: That I pass on. It's really important. I think in, in these sessions I have with everybody in your sales as well, just to offer some, Practical advice and and um, some help and some guidance, as well as all of the background that you both uh, eloquently shared today in terms of of what's happening within the business, how Future CX and E three in particular can really help sales teams and managers and, and many people within pharma companies enhance what they already have and and make it better. Um, and just that message of of you know stripping that back a little bit and keeping it really really simple. Um, as well. So that this this session will be live for everybody soon. Your website's futurecx.co.uk. So I'd encourage anybody who as as you've watched this today, go online, take a look at, at the the guys' website, reach out to them individually. They'll be tagged in in uh, in this post as well. And uh hopefully those that have been watching have taken some uh some inspiration from it and and we will reach out to you. Gents, thank you both for your you time today. Thank it's you, been a real everyone. And um, we'll uh, we'll 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 obviously talk very soon. But um, do reach out to the guys if uh, if they can be of any help to you. Thank you, guys. Yes. Thanks, colleague. Thank